how he was able to find his uniqueness and his purpose, and how you can discover yours. The importance of scheduling exploration in your weekly routine. The four-step evolution of a warrior. How he transformed from a potentially dangerous human into an incredibly gracious and kind human, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 439 with transformation specialist, speaker, writer, actor, and entrepreneur, Kevin Walton. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help high character achievers get closer to the best version of themselves so that life is meaningful and impact is possible. One way we do this is through the 10-week transformation where we help people lose body fat, build muscle, and create healthy habits so that they are a positive role model for others. If you're interested in losing 5 to 20 pounds in the next 10 weeks, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT to get started today. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10WT to get started today. Today, I'm really pumped to bring you guys Kevin Walton. Kevin is a spiritual guide, transformation specialist, activational truth speaker, writer, actor, and entrepreneur. Now, I know some of those titles sound a little strange, right? But stay with me. Kevin is a profoundly deep thinker, and his ability to communicate and articulate his thoughts and discoveries is transformational. You are going to want to stick around and hear how he became this way and how he transitioned from college football player to spiritual guide and so much more. Now, before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and make sure you share the episode with a friend or family member while you're listening. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Kevin Walton. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast today. I am super excited to be joined by the one and only Kevin Walton. Kevin, just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today, man. It's an honor, man. Thank you for having me on the space. I appreciate it. You got it, bro. You got it. So I think I originally was, you were brought to my attention through some uh, somebody I've had in the past on uh, on the podcast, Carrie Jack, and started to look into a lot of your content. And I was like, I've got to have this guy on. I know he's a high-level thinker who I know I can selfishly learn a lot from, but a lot of people are going to learn a lot from as well. And so I know this is going to be probably a pretty thoughtful episode. So you guys make sure you buckle your seatbelts here today. Um, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about kind of what you guys do at the activation circles that you put on that you that you have one tonight. But the way I want to start off today is by you defining and describing Source Radiance and kind of how you came up with that name. You know, it's your Instagram handle at Source Radiance. And so tell us a little bit about what that means. I feel like that'll give us a good people, a good background on on you and what you're about. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. So Source Radiance, the the practice that I teach called creatorhood that I developed over time, it, the way I like to think of that higher power, creator of all, all existence, God, I, I always explore the concepts of the way it was presented in different formats. And when I think about it, the two things always resonate with me was always either stating the all or source. And source, to me, was a greater way to encapsulate it 
because it's a way of describing the thing that initiated everything that's involved in, the, in the everything. And then it kind of has its, when you, when you know the concept of like God being everything, it was a way of describing the fractal essence of that consciousness and that intelligence of divine order. And mm-hmm. when I was thinking of the name, like my handle used to be of the truth, because that's what I used to go by when I used to rap and, uh, and <laughs> songwrite, right? So of the truth. And I felt like I got to a place where I kind of evolved past that. And I said, well, what could be something I can, I can go by that holds the container and the expansiveness I feel like I operate at now. And when I was sitting with it and I kind of even meditated on it and, and source was there. And I was thinking of things in relation to source because that was what I was you know, always sharing on the platform was these insights and this practice and that's what I evolved to. And I said, so if I wanted to continue either make, making music, what would I like to reference this as? And and I sat with that and, and the idea of like light came through and and then what really landed is just, it was like just in a split second of hearing it was source radiance was represents like the light of source and the notion of what I always describe in the world about us being light and how to uh, be a guiding light in this world. It felt like the proper handle to hold where I was going, what I was stepping into and, and what I wanted to convey to people. And uh, mm-hmm. and it became the the kind of the strength of that label or identity or reference pseudonym uh, for what I was stepping into more and uh, and where I wanted the trajectory to to go you know that's cool that's cool yeah no that makes a t- that makes a ton of sense so it sounds like you've always been somebody who has been kind of a creative minded and, and open-minded and, and free-spirited you used to do like you said you used to be in uh, in music writing music and, and rapping talk, talk to me a little bit about what got you into that what got you into music and a love for music yeah i um i mean i just I've loved music since i was a kid and i even used to when i was in i think it was middle school they used to have those little this little cassette recorder thing where you pop the tape in and have the little mic and like me and some of my friends would always play with that where we would take songs that were on the radio and like sing them or rap them into that and i could guarantee that my singing probably sounded awful at the time but i was i was gung-ho about it and I always like playing with the idea of rap, but I first kind of really fell in love for music with the blues and jazz, and then it got into hip hop. And uh, and I used to always play with that for a little bit, and then I went away from it. And I, when I was in college again, um, I started to kind of pick up the spirit of that and start freestyling more with some of my roommates and friends. And that led us to kind of playing with the idea of, you know, I want to see what I can do with this. So I got like a little keyboard and started playing with like making our own beats and and get into a vibe and mixtape. And, we, and I just set up a little studio in my apartment, rapping in the closet for the booth. And it was really fun. And I kind of liked what was coming alive in me. And it reminded me of some of those times when I was younger and I used to play with like, and I still would write poetry, but I, I, I was doing spoken word. And it was actually through spoken word, I evolved into rapping and, um, and bringing more of the musical element to it. And then I just always loved music. So I'd write a ton. At the time I was like, I don't really sing, so I could just write this stuff for other people and do that. And that, when I got out of college, I, I was playing football. I had a scholarship playing football. And I had certain things come alive for me in relation to the way I felt about the league and the industry um, and even the college programs like the NCAA. And I had some of the enjoyment in dealing with the business politics of it. I didn't appreciate very much. So my love for football was kind of fading. And this love for the arts and the craft of that was picking up. So when I finished, I just kind of stepped away and I, I was like a gypsy for a little bit, traveling different places. I started working with a couple of people that had like underground kind of labels that were slowly coming up and learning more about the biz and then started kind of my own thing and just went into that. And uh, 
love the the power of it, the ability to express myself. And the music was always kind of in line with that spoken word where it was more lyrical, more conscious-minded lyrics, more like revolutionary and stamp or something kind of mode with a little edge to it. And it was just something I love. I even to this day, I still love it. You know, like getting, I yeah. still freestyle and play with it. But that was, that was something that was in me that I loved playing with and cultivating and, and landed in it really well for a little bit. Yeah, well, I can tell by your face and your physiology when you talk about music how much you still have a passion for it and, and how much you love it. What, when did you start to realize that you were this person who, you know, thought much deeper and thought much, you know, higher higher level to a certain degree than a lot of other people? Is that something that you've always done? Like growing up, you've always been that way and in college you started to be that way. When did that kind of develop in you? Yeah, well, I would say it, it was something that was there and I didn't know what to make of it. Just like when I was younger, you know, I used to have these experiences where I would tap into certain um, insights. I would have, I would sometimes hear voices or I would have visions of things. And as a kid, you know, I also had an imagination. So I play around with a lot of that stuff and I was all into the mysteries of life, UFOs and Sasquatch and like Loch Ness Monster and all those things. Uh, even though UFOs is a whole other thing is that's legitimate Sasquatch and Loch Ness will questionable, but the idea of, uh, of tapping into that, really saying to me, but some of the things I was experiencing, I didn't have a reference point for, especially in the eighties. So I, I didn't pay it much mind and, and kind of went on about my life, but I was always thinking about things all the time, like different perspectives. I always questioned a ton of stuff. Um, especially if I saw something off or things contradicted, it all kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I kind of had an issue with authority in that regard sometimes, um, especially if I would see their own kind of misalignments. And mm. when I got to be a teenager, some of my friends, you know, we would have certain conversations and they were kind of explored it in that realm too. And I was like, cool, I can actually, we can have a combo around it, but still to the degree I was experiencing, I didn't still share much about it. And then my mom put me onto a couple of different books for me to read, to explore more of it. And one was like conversations with God. And I read that and I liked the notion of it because it was a different frame of reference than certain things I've been told or when it came to some of the things about religion that I never took all the way in. Then she put me on this book called Seth Speaks. And prior to Seth Speaks, I was still already coming like across a couple of books that were referencing things I was feeling. But when I read Seth Speaks, it was the first time I'd come across anything that was saying verbatim to the depth of that I was experiencing it, like matching it fully. Like it was describing mm-hmm. things I was experiencing and, and the depths of, and it was the first time I really was like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. So that was a massive spark that kind of, for me was, okay, whatever this is that I've accessed, I'm, I'm all in. And so I made a conscious decision to dive into that. And Mm. I remember when I made that decision, it was like a waterfall effect where all this information just came flooding in and it all felt way bigger than the way I was thinking. And that's Mm. what gave me an inclination of it was clearly I was accessing something. And then I, as I kind of started sifting through it, I wasn't shy about sharing it right? as the early on, especially in college. So most people have been in college. This was still wasn't widely talked about like that, at least not in my sphere. So a lot of people were like, that's just dub. That's just Kevin. That's just how he thinks, you know, whatever. He's crazy. He's fine. Yeah. And I used to, I was so adamant about it, but also because in college I still have, I still had that edge and that extra revolutionary mode, but not the healthy way. And so I was, I had a lot of inner conflict with that, like the, the access to these insights and then thinking I had to use it to fight against the oppressive systems. Instead of actually unify the world, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, die to be revolutionary by truth. 
And so I struggled with that for a little bit, but as I kind of eased into these insights more, I, I started changing my frame of mind was changing. And then I started like purposely testing them, exploring what else was there. And then I would have a few friends where we would kind of soundboard each other. Like he would tap in a couple of things and I would tap in a couple of things we'd share with each other and we would explore. And little by little, everything about me started changing and everyone started taking notice. And so then more people started asking me like, what are you doing? What's happening with you? And yeah. So in terms of thinking larger, it was always there. Understand these insights to embody them came with time. But early on, it was clear that because I even now when I listen to some of my old music, some of the things I talk about were dropped into some of the lyrics, you know, so I was like, cool. So I was already tapped in then, but I nowhere near understood the capacity of the embodiment of it yet. And as that kind of started taking hold, then I started having visions of where I was going. That was nothing like I thought my life would be. And it was like yeah. stepping more into where I'm at now. And I, at 24, I thought that was like unreachable. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. It felt super heavy. Then by like 27, 28, 29, I looked up and it was already, I was already stepping into it. It was becoming effortless. Like it was like, oh, this is actually my calling, like what I'm designed to be. And then it was after that point, it was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not only am I not stepping away from this, I'm going like all in and this is going to become the centerpiece of my life. So even as I got then into acting and other things, this was the foundation. So I'd be on set dropping knowledge. I'd be in the studio dropping knowledge and I'd be like, and we're going to do this event. And then it was like, just, you know, continuing to share. So it became, it was, it was pretty much like in terms of me owning it, it was an up and down journey when I was younger, yeah. but then by late teens, it was like, Oh, I'm, I'm all, I'm whatever this is clear, clearly about it. And, uh, and it stayed from that on. Yeah. I think there's, there's one thing in there that I think is a huge insight. And, you know, a lot of people are, searching for their purpose or one of the things I like to say, like they're searching for their uniqueness. They're trying to figure out what it is that makes them special and is their uniqueness that they can grow into and, and use in, in service of themselves, but really in service of, of others as well. And, you know, you had this curiosity about something and luckily not just yourself, but your mother and probably others as well saw that curiosity in you and like, further sparked your curiosity and for lack of better words, research in that realm, which you let, you know, led you to reading these couple of books. And that one book is like, boom, it's not like I haven't know exactly what my uniqueness is now, but it's like this finally hit you like, okay, wait, this is something that I really need to dive even further into and, and something that I, I really align with. And I think that's a big insight for other people to realize is like, different things that you're curious about, dive into them, dive into them, learn about them and, and see what feels right and see what things that you learn really align with you and your values and what you believe to be true. And then I think the second thing that you said right after that was then so many different things started to click. And I think that's what happens. I think when you find what your uniqueness is, you start to realize that the things that are happening in your life like kind of align with it to a certain degree for, for lack of better terms. Um, so I just think that's like really cool. If you're trying to figure out what your uniqueness is, chase down the different things that you're curious about. Don't just be like, uh, oh, I'm kind of interested in this and just leave it at that. No dive into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a firm believer. And I tell this to you all the time, whether I have client sessions at events, like make a time in your schedule that is literally open just for exploration. It can be, mm, it can be an activity. It can be research. It can be, I'm so avid for that because you, you have no idea what's going to be that thing that goes like this, but you do know that 
the notion of desire and the way that I use desire is understanding that there's this calling, this itch, this pull towards something. And you want to create a window that gives you opportunity to play with that on a regular basis. And I'm avid about that. Like the same way people, it's important to make time for rest, make time that is genuinely outside of everything else you do just for the purpose of exploring new possibilities and creative exercises and all of that. Yeah, no, I think that's super good. And, you know, give a window for your desires, I think is what you said. So let's dive a little bit further into that. What does that look like for you right now? Is that reading? Is that listening to podcasts? Is that going out in nature? Is that meditating? Or is that all of the above? Talk to me a little bit about kind of... Yeah, I usually, what I do is I keep, I have have that window and then I explore it. So I usually do it in two folds. It's either something I want to have a greater understanding about or some skill set I want to develop and master. So, in, and I and I mean this wholeheartedly to the point where I'm like playing with mastery of like I have certain rituals in the morning and certain things. So I'm working on now the next stage of how can I increase my capacity of embodiment to play with elements, right? So I'll sit there and be like, command the wind. And I'll sit there and get a bowl of water and just stare at that water. Like, give me like 20 minutes to be like, let me see if I can elevate this water. Can I water binge yet? No, still not yet. Okay, we're working on it, right? Like just to play with that shit. And then in that same notion, I'll, I'll use that time to go sit in a park. I'll practice deeper meditation. I'll go further in my breath work. I'll do a different exercise I've been wanting to do or train to see what else I'm capable of in my body. If it's a hour to window, I'll go, I'll fill that up with a class that I want to explore a new capability. It's just, I've, I'll, I'll leave that space for that. And it, and then sometimes it's, you know, from a client session I had or other things where we were talking about something afterwards or I watched something on TV and someone was mentioning something. I go, that's interesting. What is that? And I use that time to then research what this particular thing is, or like I'm part of groups where we're developing systems, new systems of how, how do you create a new governance or education model or something that's more in alignment with unity consciousness and, and more sustainability than the way we've had it. Right. So then I'll use that time to research history because I'm a huge history fanatic. So I'll, I'll listen to how different civilizations develop their, you know, their declaration of independence, their constitution, their different things and what stuff goes into building community and all those things. I'll, I'll utilize that space for all of that, you know, and you just give yourself a window and it's either what's most alive or what new thing are you interested in exploring? As long as you just give yourself that space for that, that can be filled in all those. So even though I have, like, I still have my time dedicated to working out. I still have my time dedicated to certain things, but that window will be there for new explorations. Like, Lately, I took on, you know, both staff and I'm learning that now and, and like different stuff. So I'll fill that in with those spaces too and playing my instruments, my djembe or my flute, you know, my, I'll play with all that stuff, you know? So it's yeah. just, it's a designated space to play and explore and research that can be dedicated to the intellect, dedicated to the, the, the mind of being the, the essence, spirit, playfulness, you know, personal development, whatever it will be. It's just a window that is outside of everything else dedicated to something that keeps you moving in the, in expanding in a new possibility and capability. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's super solid. You know, I think that a lot of people, most people, if not all people are, have a certain degree of curiosity. And it's one of those things where it's like, you just got to stoke the fire. If you, once you, once you actually just dive into the curiosity a little bit, you'll become more curious and more curious and more curious. And so I think a lot of people think, I'm not really curious about that many things. Well, you're curious about something. And so dive into it a little bit further. And so I think I just, I love that, that practical step. A um, couple things I want to go to um, next. And just for the sake of time, I want to make sure that we get to kind of you talking on resilience and unity consciousness a little bit, but before one of the things that you talked about that I wanted to explore further into you about is 
you know, you talked about when you read that book and you were like, oh my gosh, this is everything that I've been thinking. And then you were like, you originally used it as like, you know, the oppress, like, beat down the oppressive, beat down the oppressive, and then you kind of rechanneled that energy into like, no, wait, we, we, you need to unite the world. Like what happened either in you or in what you learned or in like your change of heart that made that shift? Oh man, um, many things. Like, like I was thoroughly convinced at the time that I was going to start the revolution in this country, right? But not in a healthy way. Like I had a bunch of guns. I was thinking on plans on how you go like to go there. And so this thing really the same energy I have now, what started happening was I started having experiences that was prompting me into being in supportive spaces for people. And even with things I thought that I always would have a judgment about, I started understanding things behind it. So like this access to insight started revealing more. And I was like, oh, people aren't the things they're doing. Their behavior is a side effect of a feeling they don't know how to meet because that's what's like, these are the things I started accessing. And I was like, oh man, because that's what's happening for me. And I, and I would wear this story about how misunderstood I felt. And I was like, oh, and it just, and I started slowly exploring through conversation where people were, because I wasn't as considerate all the time of everyone's feelings. And I started to recognize correlations of how much you can relate to different things. And then I started having personal experiences that were tapping into other things, like, like situations where for all intents and purposes, it, it's a marvel that I'm not dead, right? Like I haven't transitioned based on situations I was in, but then different things happened that was a different kind of experience, like whether it's having a gun in my face and shifting the energy in the space, not knowingly, like now I can talk about what it was, but at the time, not knowing what it was to the point, then the guy with the gun had a different response to me. And then we just end up having a conversation to them being like, what was that to like people I used to get into it with all the time, me just kind of noticing something about them and, and, and responding differently. Like I remember one time I was in a club and People were, you know, was tight and we're moving by and the guy like bumped into me and he like pushed me off and he was like, oh, what's up? And I remember just looking at him and it just kind of came through like, yo, what's wrong, bro? And it was such a different question for him that he didn't expect it. You could see his wheels turning. Like he didn't know why that was why he felt like he had to get angry and like stand for himself. And and it was like, and I, and I'm just one time I was on a bus with a guy who was like shave head, swastika up, throwing racial slurs that two years before this moment we would we would have fought. I just could understand that there was something behind that, that when instead of meeting that, which is what he thought was going to happen, I just like questioned him and guided him. And to the point where then his all his vulnerabilities came out and then we're like hugging like brothers. And so there was different things along the path that I, I kept accessing something that was offering another lens. And, and when I followed it, it kept revealing things that were completely destroying my frame of reference of the revolution and what, what, what it meant and just how much we really aren't enemies and how much we're all in this together mm -hmm. and how much people are all struggling with their stuff. And it was so clear that I was like, well, there's no way for me to re react the way I used to react anymore to that. And, and then I started to prompt him. I was like, well, what does that mean for, and then it was like, it just kept getting clearer and clearer. Like, Oh, this is what all of this is saying, right? Like it was just, it started to land. And so it was things that kept building. And then I had to meet all in every respect. Like I remember taking time to be celibate that lasted almost two years because I wanted to understand this dynamic I was having with women and certain patterns I watched play out. And I wanted to meet myself more to understand how to command my sexual energy and to hold it more sacred and to move differently. And, and so, and then I started understanding more about masculine and feminine principles of energy. And then, you know, it was just a lot of different factors that kept building 
And still there were edges to meet along the way, but it, but it was understanding just how much things are intertwined. And then I, I, then I ended up writing this thing I called the, the evolution of a warrior. And, and it was just something that kind of came through that was based off a quote that I wrote once and stated, which was, cause I used to do these things way back in the day where I would write on little post-it notes and then take a picture of it and, uh, and make, make that a post on the early stages of Instagram. And I remember writing once on one of them, I didn't realize there wasn't a fight until I stopped swinging. And from that mm. statement, because that was something that really came through me when I was doing, when I actually rejected this one meditation, it came through me and I wrote it out. And then I was like, this, this holds something. And so I created this thing called the evolution of a warrior that were like the four stages of a warrior, meaning that, that spirit of us that's down for a cause for something greater in the discipline. It, there's something that ha- that drives it in essence. And so the way I broke it down was, there's there's an, an initial spark of a cause so something you believe you have to fight or stand what, what i would say now stand for then there's you mastering the necessary things to support that which is like having the weapons and the elements involved to do it then the next stage was you becoming the master of self so you are the the weapon or the thing no matter what you can you can handle business no matter what's at your disposal because you're that masterful and then the fourth stage was realizing there was never a fight to begin with and that ooh, literally changed everything for me um and it became this reflection of a culmination of all the ways i was with things that even supported me in maneuvering with my son's mother differently with all the ways we used to clash and i remember writing down you know my intention of i have an amazing peaceful thriving supportive co-parentship with my son's mom and it was like so i have to meet all the things in me that come alive whenever we're in combatants so that I can hold the space for us differently. And so I started to do that. And it was like, all these things kind of changed the trajectory of that for me to be more embodied where I am today. Um, and even though there's always still more spaces to grow, but it was those kind of things that really shifted the framework of, of just how together we all really are, even when we think we're at odds, yeah. you know? Damn. Yeah. That was good. And I'm, you recount that very well. You, it, it's almost like, I don't know if you've been asked that exact question before or you just thought about it a lot, but you recounted that very well. Um, the four, the evolution of a warrior, is that what is what you called it? Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a little essay I wrote kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wrote down the four and the best that I could, but could you break them down simply again? You're not like explaining them, but just what those four were again. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. My name is Reem, and um, I wasn't able to join the full 10 weeks program because I was going to be missing for like half of it, but I found a, a really cool thing that Nick offered for us to join halfway and that was awesome for me because I really wanted to get challenged. My goals were to get better, to be honest. I always take the easy route and I wanted, just like I said, I wanted to be challenged and uh, so far so good. It's really motivating. I feel like I can always be uplifted by everyone around me and um, get to the finish line every single time. Having an all-girl class because <laughs> I got lucky that I joined the 8 a.m. class. They are all females, they boost each other's morals, and they do it better than any guy that I know. You should join the next 10-week program. 
Yeah, so like having a cause, then then mastering any tool or weapon to support that cause, then becoming the master so that you're the thing no matter what tool or weapon you have, and then the realization that there was no fight. That's and so all of that was shaping the yeah, the essence of us. And that was huge. Yeah. There's a lot of it because I've shared a lot of these. I mean, I have a ton of stories with this stuff. And I and in my and I I'm not really shy about sharing these things. And, and when I teach, I'm always giving people examples because everything I teach isn't theory. It's it's the experiential journey I've been on. And I'm like and even building the practice was based on the willingness to explore these things to the degree that I could. And that's how it formed in the first place, you know. Yeah. Now why and I'm not like disagreeing to us at, at all. Why is the, why why do you know that the fourth one stops that there was never a fight to begin with? Part of what it is 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 there's this essence to us about our own safety and significance. And any road of discipline, developed embodiment is gonna bring you to a place where you realize you can and you don't have to. Yeah, mm. uh, meaning like like you can have a bunch of sweets in the house. It doesn't mean you have to eat them. You can, someone can come at you a certain way and you know you're capable of destroying them and you don't have to. And any, I don't know one person alive that I know that are masterful in different ways with skill sets that if the opportunity presents itself to show it off, don't, don't feel like they have to, you know? So they would rather like, I have buddies who would rather talk the situation out way before throwing blows. And even though they're insane fighters, you know what I mean? And when I think about my own journey, when I started to own myself in relation to when I would get into fights and ways I would react, I actually started asking myself, like, what did I, what would I have actually wanted from this? And the answer to that was always never that. And, and so mm -hmm. I started thinking about this notion of, but what, what would it mean to, cause you have to be, you have to know how to handle yourself in this. And I break this whole thing down to practice. I know the time frame you have, so I won't go into all of it. Yeah. But the, the notion of understanding that we, it's important to always know what we're capable of, um, but then hold the frequency that says I want to thrive in prosperity and harmony for myself and, and everyone else. And so when I thought about the notion of realizing there was no fight, it was the recognition that when you recognize your own safety and significance within, you don't feel like you have to fight for it outside of you. And when you don't have to fight for it outside of you, you start seeing a greater picture of where you can guide any situation and the space that if you're living from truth and from love, you're always going to guide that situation to the best of your ability to somewhere where everyone can benefit. Mm. And it's like that concept of the warrior in the garden. Like, you know, and I, I know with Joseph, you know, Joseph, Jordan Peterson talks about the notion of, you know, being the dangerous man is one that knows that he can do these things, but chooses not to. And, and obviously it's not just him. This is written in all kinds of things for me. It was, it was just that recognition that our ability to recognize what we're capable of and have a self-awareness keeps us in a greater space of confidence, which means that we'll be more embodied. And then if we're more authentic, we move in ways that's greater considered in synergy, which is recognizing ourselves and everything we're a part of. And all we want is for everything to thrive. But when we don't feel safe and significant, we're constantly seeking out comfort and validation. And that will create disruption because we'll start thinking of self-preservation first. And that is where the mode of defense comes in because we feel like we have to defend ourselves. But there's a there's another state that will and that will evolve us out of the fight, flight, freeze thing that we talk about in science. That's not inherent. That's how we trained ourselves. There's another embodiment that's that's at the end of that, that when we become more embodied consciously, 
we become more responsive and reactive, which can still be as quick, but it's way more tapped into the optimization of everything involved. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that. And now I've obviously been able to develop the ability to explain this more. But when I first wrote the essay, the thing in mind was recognizing what it meant to be the space of peace in a room, knowing you're more than capable of being the chaos, but, but choosing to guide it differently, you know? Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about that as well. I'm a big, big follower, listener of, of his. And, uh, but yeah, I think what you said, like the safety and significance and how that shows up in our lives and realizing what what you said is like the realization that safety and significance comes like from within. It's not like you need to constantly be seeking it. Yeah. That was, that was good. I'm, I, I know I can't. Everybody's listening. You guys need to go back and everybody. I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you go in a. Se- I'll let you go in a second. But everyone needs to go like rewind and listen to like the last five minutes again because I'm pumped to go back and listen to that myself. <laughs> but but go ahead. You're getting ready to say something. Yeah. No, I was gonna say that 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 aspect, the safety and significance, that literally drives everything. When we feel safe and significant within our own beingness, our approach to life is vastly different than when we don't. And and you can literally trace all of history by not just people, but entire nations functioning from one side or the other and pulsating between both. Because it literally, in the way that I teach in the practice is understanding the notion of how that dictates so much and then how that correlates to our actual spiritual beliefs and and the way that we function in in our spiritual foundation. Um, So it's really important that if people can start to understand how to move in life from the inside out, they'll have a far greater sustainable, thriving, prosperous life than the, the contradictory. Mm, yeah, that's good. And um, it's funny. One of the things that I've listened to a, a lot just as of recently, but I've heard it for a long time. And you, I don't know if you've heard it as well, but Tony Robbins talks about the six human needs. One of them is certainty and one of them is significance. And to me, to a certain degree, those kind of over, uh, align with like safety and significance is a lot of people need that feeling of certainty. And sometimes that shows up as safety. But yeah, I've heard, I've heard it his six. And to me, the, the saving significance all of those fit inside of it because the, oh, the way for I sure. describe it that's is- what I was getting, like, That's what I was getting ready to talk about. I, exactly. Yeah, like they all fit inside of that lens because because you want certainty and certainty is a necessary thing, but all of that goes back to that. Love, feeling safe and living within is an embodied state of love. Connection is standard in existence. So you're there, you, you have to shut something off to not experience connection in life because it's literally standard. People don't need it. It's literally built in, in existence. So I, but the, all of those fit inside of this lens and it kind of is a way to refine it to a centralized reference point, but it's, yeah. 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 Solid. Well, uh, uh, for the sake of time, I'll get down to the last question, but I know that everybody, you guys need to make sure that you go follow him so you can hear his kind of description and, um, explanation of kind of how he defines resilience and, and how he talks about unity consciousness he's talked about you've talked about that uh, just a couple of times here but i love the way that you break it down in some of your content so you guys make sure that you go follow him on instagram if you don't already at source radiance and you can follow him on twitter and youtube there as well and his website is uh, unlimited creative potential.com and also just before the last question kevin i just want to acknowledge you because you've made such a progression in your own ability to use your uniqueness in a productive manner right like it took it took some time for you to discover what that uniqueness is and kind of chase down that curiosity both 
because you were curious and others kind of pointed things out to you as well. And then for you to be able to kind of like harness it in a way to then use it for good is, is super inspiring. And I know it will be for so many others as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. So thank you for seeing that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, man. Uh, well, the last question that is that I think that to get closer to the best version of yourself, I think it's a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think we'll ever be at the best version of ourselves. I think uh, the finish line continues just to move and move. And I also think that the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to that best version of Kevin that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? I love that. Three things I would say for sure, above all, one that stands out immediately is, is really strengthening consistency. What I noticed for me is like, as I start to manifest more things and grow in certain things, I start to feel like sometimes I'll let certain things get away from me that I want to reel in a little bit more. But the power of consistency is not even negotiable. It's not even an argument. Like the, it's such a powerful thing. And I think that is because we're always going to keep growing. Life's going to keep evolving. We're going to keep moving to keep consistent and have certain foundational pieces, which this would be my second is, it's just, it's, it's man, exponentially impactful. Then the second to that would be continuing to ensure my standards and foundation are at the forefront of my consciousness and everything that I do say, travel, focus on in, in that. And so by that, I mean, understanding to have a clear reference point that's in alignment with truth. So having clear core values, clear principles with the clear definition that you know what it means and understanding what the roles you play in life and the responsibilities to those roles. Having that is a sharp, a very sharp blade to ensure that I stay in integrity, or at least if I am out of integrity, how to clean it up and get back to it. And keeping that at the forefront of my consciousness nonstop would just keep the standard of embodiment like so that would be another one that would keep me moving towards myself because then I'd match it. And then the other, the third one would be ensuring that I make the time to explore even more like a, a, another kind of out there outrageous exploration of activity, like learn a skill that really puts me in a position of full humility of like, go, go learn a skateboard, go do something like something that is just that you you will probably crash and tumble more more times than not just to meet some new possibility. And I want to go further to that edge in every respect, body, mind, spirit, emotion, way more. I, and I've been getting some more of that back. Like I used to snowboard all the time. And I was an athlete most of my life and different things like that. And I want to learn more things that kind of put me to that edge where it could potentially be dangerous, but just enough to, to know how to meet myself greater in every respect. So if I can keep that on and keep doing that on a regular basis, that would definitely be keep meeting more of the, the greater capacity of me or getting closer to my, my best self for sure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Those, those are three great things. I love it. I love it. That last one was, was, was huge. That was key. Um, but everyone make sure that you go follow him on Instagram at source radiance. If you don't already make sure you go uh, check out his website, unlimited creative potential.com. Uh, but Kevin, it was an awesome man. It was an awesome time today, man. Had a blast. And I know everybody got some great value and, and insight and uh, education from it. I know I did. So appreciate it. Very grateful. Thank you.
man, that was an especially unique episode in the best way possible. I thought hearing about his own personal journey was absolutely fascinating. I mean, from being a college football player to writing his own music to rapping his music to thinking about wanting to start what he called a, quote, revolution to now being a big light in the world for thousands of others. Like his journey is one of multiple transformations and evolutions and is truly inspiring. Make sure you share this episode with a friend or family member by sending them to nickcurio.com slash podcast. And remember, explore what you're curious about. Dive deeper into those things because you never know when and where you'll discover your uniqueness. And remember that the evolution of a warrior finishes when he or she realizes there was never a fight to begin with. It ends when you realize that you're in a room, you're capable of creating chaos, but you have the control to not. For now, it's time. It's time to master the art of consistency, to hold our values and principles close, and to make time for exploration because it's those things that will allow you to continue to get closer and closer to your best you.